Geek Tank Radio, News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Welcome, everyone. We are the Geek Patrol, and our microphones don't have a stun setting. This episode of Geek Tank Radio is brought to you by Optimus Prime Beef. These delicious steaks are cut from robotically enhanced cows and aged to perfection. Optimus Prime Beef is a great source of protein, iron, and essential oils. Transform your dinner tonight with Optimus Prime Beef. Alan, you uh, <laughs> you, you can relate to these cows before they. <laughs> I honestly think we need to get someone who actually knows the material to research. You know, uh, you know our oh. sponsors from now on. Uh, oh, that, that would not do, uh, Brandon. No. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's like get a little iron in your diet. We got... <laughs> yeah, iron. Like like we say, the essential oils, which I don't want to think about too yeah, hard. Yeah, I'm but, thinking uh, transmission fluid on that one. Anyway, uh, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan. Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Maximilian behind the glass producing everything. There's um, no glass today. You can actually throw stuff at him today. Hey guys, real quick, <laughs> uh, uh, this is a public service announcement slash apology. I, I have to apologize. Okay, last week was one of those rare occasions when Geek Tank Radio fell on Harry Potter's birthday. I was so distraught about all of the things going on with the Chicago Cubs, I completely forgot to acknowledge that. We were actually going to do a whole segment on that. Instead, I whined about the Cubs. Instead, we had a good show. (laughs) (laughs) So at least I want to acknowledge, uh, you know, maybe next year, Harry. Sorry, we, uh, the Cubs. That happens a lot when you're a middle-aged dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, People forget your birthday all the time. You should know that. Yeah. And and uh, I'm done talking about the Cubs. However, folks, I will tell you. No, he's well, not. because you guys, you know, um, we talked about this a lot in our chat. I did do a little uh, bonus feature, Alan. I hope you'll post this. Uh, I did a radio interview uh, with uh, my buddy Crawley, who is a big Cubs guy. He's in, he's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's in the, the belly of the beast. So if you're interested in listening to two middle-aged guys whine about uh, a bunch of uh, millionaires that are like not on the team anymore. You just described 98% of the podcast out there on Spotify. Yeah, tune in uh, later to our podcast. So that, I, that like I said, that's just a, uh, you know. But Brandon, there's there's updates. There's a lot going there's on, There's a lot actually. going on, man. This country's falling apart. Well, there's a, and then later you're going to do, a, I'm, I didn't watch Suicide Squad. I'll probably watch it tonight or tomorrow, right. but we I'm don't mind gi- spoilers. That's I'm, fine. It's true, but I'm going to give you a week so that we can have a really good in-depth uh, conversation about it. So spoiler light. So, so I'm going to be spoiler light, like I did with Black Widow. Okay. Um, and we do have a lot of updates, and we also want to remind everybody, too, next week we hope you're going to join us uh, at Covington Con. It's going to be August 14th, and it's an all-day thing run by our buddy Josh yeah. Lincoln, and we're going to be there. Fair no, warning. No, run by no, our, buddy run by our friend Mason. Josh Mason. What did I say? You said Josh Lincoln. Edit that out, Maximilian. <laughs> but anyway, well, we, Josh Lincoln doesn't mind getting a shout-out. So, yeah, yeah, it's but, like... We'll be there, you know. <laughs> it's like not to be confused with our fr- good buddy who used to run the the BronyCon. Yeah, what was we'll, it? I we'll can't have remember the, the name of, of it. It was a, it was a, it was an awesome name though. We'll have the Wheel <laughs> of Fate there, right? Yes, the Wheel of Fate will be there to see if you too can win a free three day pass to the Memphis mm. Comic and Fantasy Convention this November twelfth through fourteenth at the Memphis Marriott East. Okay, and so Brandon, what are some? Uh, we've got updates about that, so I feel like maybe this is the time. Yeah. To yeah. give a few right. of those. So. so, guys, if we were holding the convention next weekend, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you would be required to wear a mask. Uh, the Delta variant is running rampant right now. We're hoping people will get their vaccines. We're hoping we can get numbers quashed. But right now, we're keeping an eye on what Shelby County's going through. We're keeping an ear out with the healthcare professionals. We know personally, as well as those who are in uh, you know, the, you know, the COVID relief uh, team. And we're going to be keeping in contact with the Marriott to see what their, uh, their policies are going to be. Uh, it's a fluid situation, guys. We want to have the con. We will do everything in our power to have the con, but we want to make sure you guys are safe and we're safe so that we can continue to make do the con for you. So we're going to continue to monitor the situation, and we will adjust accordingly. Uh, we've been in contact with our guests. They they are just as you know uh, concerned about making sure that we can have the safest and best experience we can have uh joel has been amazing with doing all this stuff joel is joel hodgson yeah. our from uh, the creator of mystery science theater he could not we could not have had a better guest no, he no. is like rolling with whatever he, he happens is, he is awesome. he has just been amazing when it comes to the well we might have to do this and he's like man whatever whatever you guys need i'm he's he's been extremely flexible i am yeah. so excited to have him here uh but that being said going forward right now everything is 
all the plans are on the book. We're 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 rolling with it. And Joe, you have a update about Geek One Hundred One. Yeah, well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that uh, after the break, uh, Brandon, because yeah, Geek 101 is uh, it's sort of a central feature of the convention, and it's it's gonna look different this year, but it's still exciting. And actually, I have something exciting to uh, to announce too Ooh. after the break, involving none of the rest our, of us know this. Well, involving the a, a, a giveaway oh. actually, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. I can just say it; it's quick. Our buddy Stephen Leonard, who is actually uh, the one bringing us Thunder Rosa. We're going to be right, talking right. to Thunder Rosa down the road, Brandon. Too, I'm I'm hoping you'll do an interview. Oh, absolutely. He's he's this is hitting both of his nerves. He's a huge wrestling fan, and he's a huge uh, MST3K fan, and he is donating to the uh, one lucky winner is going to win a replica Tom Servo. So basically, uh, it, you know the robot and right, uh, right, everything. Right, yeah. And it, it for those of you who don't know which one he is, he's the one who looks like a candy machine. He's the funny yes. one. Yeah. Well, he's they're all funny, but he's he's my favorite. But anyway. If you if you uh, purchase a ticket for the private party that's going to be on Friday night, uh, November twelfth, you are automatically registered to win. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. So, but it's uh, a lot of cool updates along with right, right. cautious, you know, cautiously watching the news. You're listening to uh, Geek Tank Radio here on News Talk ninety eight nine The Roar. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. And welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorgerson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Maximilian behind the glass. Um, if you're just tuning in, we've been um, we've been updating you. We are going to keep our finger to the pulse of the latest news and how it affects the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. And uh, it's not just all doom and gloom. We're no, you know, no, no. Uh, look, we've we've learned to adapt to these new realities, and we're yeah. plowing forward, and we're going to party together if it kills us. Well, maybe that's the wrong <laughs> that choice of words. That's, uh, let, let's rephrase that. We're going to part. Yeah. It, we're going to be as safe as possible. And um, but you know, we've got. The the ideal guests, Joel Hodgson and Thunder Rosa and, and Wayne White. Wayne White. All of them are being super accommodating and, and that alone and is a big weight off our shoulders. And that's so. not even to, you know, like talk about like the best guest that's gonna be there. And that's Alan Gilbreth, who I'm gonna make do cooking uh you know demos in the workshop mm, room. Not well and Which no means food. that'll there'll be food samples. And, you know. and the bonus celebrities, because we have the uh, host from Geeky Side TV. Oh, God. All the Geeky Side people are going to be there, aren't they? Yes. Oh, my God. You know, you we haven't bus. even... You get a whole bus. <laughs> we haven't even pushed that, Alan. Um, we, we've we mentioned it here and there that, the yeah... Internationally if, distributed, uh, worldwide famous uh, host from Geeky Side. Yes, those people. Yeah, well, the cameras people. will be there. Alan's going to have his gang. <laughs> and uh, you may... So if you go to a, a panel, there may be a particular panel or workshop where you have to say yes i agree to be on television if the you know so which is cool you know right uh, as long as you're prepared so but um (laughs) and then i also mentioned uh before the break that our buddy steven leonard is giving one lucky winner a replica tom servo and i got news for you folks okay this private party with joel hodgson it's here here's the math on this one you guys so basically there's 120 seats right well Mm -hmm. Um, and and by the way, if you want to purchase one, you better act quicker because it's it's eighty bucks. You get a three day pass to the convention, an autograph, and a photo op with uh, Wayne and Joel. And um, I mean, how much better of a deal do you want? And uh, and uh, and access to this private party. And um, and the, now the chance to win Tom Servo. Well, here's the thing. So the and this pe- ain't a cheap replica. Well, the thing thing is, Brandon, the people that are buying these tickets, they're saying, uh, "Give me four of these, three of these." They're buying more than one. So really, you're only competing about against maybe forty people. Your odds of winning are not bad. Right, right. I, I I did see that when the you know when the orders for the seats were coming in, it's like you know some guy uh, would buy buy like you know six or seven seats, but then like none of them are together. He's got two over here. It's like he he wants his, his mother in law. It's like he know. wants his friends and family who love MST three K to be there. Yeah. But he'd rather they sit over there, which I I found hilarious. Yeah. I don't know why it just tickled me. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to be next to him when they turn into the fanboy or the fan girl and they're. Uh, you know, Joel, I can, oh, 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 tell I, me I, I, can, I can understand that. Yeah. So, all right. And then, uh, you guys, I did want to update something else. I, I don't want this whole show to be I about I don't want updates. to stand next to you when you meet him for the first time. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's great. I can't wait. He is he is 
just a cool guy. But anyway, you guys, so we, we've we mentioned this on past shows, Geek 101. We are very proud at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention of the, the Geek 101 program, which is really kind of revolutionary. I don't know if it's revolutionary, but it's definitely unique, you know. Well, I mean, it, it's, it was, it's what sets... MCFC apart from other conventions just based on the programming that you do with the kids at the local school systems leading up to the con and after the con and during summer programming when we're allowed to you've you've taken this idea of promoting the arts and turned it into this very inspirational uh you know program well, with with you know our uh, the local students. Well, and here's here's the thing, and all of us I think can relate to this. We basically we didn't start off reading uh, Moby Dick when we were six years old. We read no, Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> we read comic books. Even Alan, as literate as he is, I bet you he read. I bet comics were his gateway, and you know superheroes and science fiction stories. Are basically just classical literature yeah. that are more that's kind of more fun, and so it's a great vehicle to get young people interested in the arts and in visual, visual storytelling and and classical themes, and so that's what the Geek One Hundred and One program is all about. We 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 bring kids yeah. to a convention and introduce them to all of these exciting topics. Yeah. You know, and, and and you know, yes, we talk about you know, you know comics and art in general and and filmmaking and everything else but one of the coolest parts of geek 101 is when we have the robotics guys from the university of memphis oh yeah yeah that's, they're that's great. always like you know just one of the the key elements of geek 101 yeah big shout out to andrew only the uh the the head professor over there so well here's the update you guys unfortunately <laughs> we're building this up we're, yeah it's like this is an amazing thing unfortunately well but but here's the thing so in addition to that uh we travel to schools throughout the state of tennessee teaching filmmaking and comic book <clears> design <throat> and it's 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 basically an extension of Geek 101. So we're still going to do that. Yeah. But Geek 101, and by the way, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, this coming uh, on August 12th, they, there is a subsidy that the Tennessee Arts Commission provides, and they've been a great supporter of Geek 101. They've been a great partner for over 10 years. And you can get 100% of this workshop funded through them. It's, it's almost... Yeah. It's too good to be true, but it's it is. So if you're listening anywhere in the state of Tennessee, uh, well, I don't know if I want to drive all the way to the other end. That's like what eight yes, hours. You'll away. do it. You'll do it. Okay. Anyway, you can you can uh, register, but the date is August twelfth. So get in touch with me at memphiscfc at gmail or go to our website or something. But get in touch with me sooner than later, and you might you might be able to do that. Are so you we're going to do my phone at nine oh one. Yeah. So yeah, shut up. <laughs> we're gonna do so. We're gonna do our in school workshops. These it's uh, storytelling and comics and film workshops. But Brandon, we just can't we can't guarantee the state of things to do the Geek One Hundred One right. field trips the day of yeah. uh, November twelfth. So we, we're we, just gonna push it to twenty twenty two. I'm right. sorry, folks. Which, which yeah. means that we are going to gear up and start planning it now because. We got to make sure that we we give you a really good program once we're back in the swing of things. Yeah. So yeah. so anyway, there's that. So I did want to update everybody about that, but um, it's you know we're st if you can't come as a field trip, we still want you to come to the convention anyway. Yeah. So just uh, and I've seen I've seen school groups where they actually they'll show up on Saturday morning with their with their art club or something yeah. like that. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, our, our connection with the schools has always been a major part of MCFC, and we want to keep that alive. So, yeah, you know, get your students together, set up a field trip, get some of the parents into chaperone. You know, we'll we'll, we'll give you a good show. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be fun. So are we up to date now on the Memphis? Do, is there anything we're forgetting um, here? we got the Tom Servo giveaway. We've got – oh, uh, Brandon, what did you say about the lip sync contest? Oh, the lip sync contest, guys – I know that people love to do the lip sync contest, but based on our just the space we have in the uh, at the convention where we're at right now, we are quickly outgrowing our home. Uh, but r this year, just based on everything, the hotel is more than likely going to have a mask ma mandate in, and we aren't going to be able to allow people to perform maskless which really kind of puts a damper on a lip sync contest. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So as much as I hate having to do it right now, it is tentative. If I will know more by the middle of September on whether we can have it or not, but it is looking more and more likely that we will have to cancel the lip sync contest again until 2022. 
Yeah. But again, it's we will fluid. make it up to you guys. It's 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 a very fluid situation. Yeah. But um I, I think, you know, let's 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 see what Covington Con is like. That's gonna right. be a good that's gonna be a good uh gauge for us. And like you said, we're gonna be there uh next week on August fourteenth and uh our buddy Josh Mason running that operation over there. <laughs> Got the name right this time. Yeah, you did. Well, I, I, hopefully I get the name right here. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio here at News Talk 98.9, The War of Memphis. We're going to uh, turn the corner when we come back. We're going to take a quick break and then talk about Suicide Squad number two. Geek Tank Radio. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. And welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Maximilian behind the glass. Um, uh, we've, we've done our updates. We've taken care of business. We've updated you on the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention on Geek 101. And our uh, we're going to be hanging out at the uh, Covington uh, Covington Con next week. Covington August, Comic Con. Covington Comic Con next week at uh, August 14th. And um, I'm guessing go to their Facebook Their page inaugural the event. Yeah, yeah, and uh, held by our buddy Josh Mason. So, um, And if you miss any of uh, Geek Tank, never fear. Alan has been pretty good about posting our past shows up at geektankradio.com. And like I said, if you if you want to hear two middle-aged guys whine about the uh, Cubs <laughs> on our bonus features, uh, that'll be at the end of the this week's podcast um, when I did my no. interview with uh, don't, Crawley. Don't do that to anybody. Put that on as a separate <laughs> thing, Alan. It's a good character study if you want to know what yeah. makes people tick or, you know. But, hey, Brandon, Apparently, that, when the Cubs gut their team, it really makes uh, you know middle-aged dudes tick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ugly And then when there. some jerk lies about you know luxury boxes and scoreboards and and mm. people run with it like mm. fake news did you well <laughs> dude when uh, are we gonna give that story i mean that's pretty that's, i mean i think that's its own episode honestly uh, it, it'll it'll get its own segment but okay. yeah we're gonna talk about suicide squad um spoiler wow. light you and, spoiler. you and alan saw it go see it yeah, go, I, go see yeah it. i'm gonna go say go, go see, see it. it um it is probably right. the best dc movie since uh tim burton left the batman franchise of I'm not kidding. I'm going to go with the interview. Okay, never mind. I'm going to go with the interview that Gunn gave, and the question was why? Why did you come over here to do this? And he goes, "Well, they told me I could have any characters I wanted, I could do anything I wanted, and 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 I tested them and I asked them questions and they said no, we're serious." And he said, "Give me this." And they did, mm-hmm. and they're not. You know, when the ad comes out and says from the you know disturbed mind of James Gunn, uh, they weren't kidding. I'm I'm sorry, I don't agree with that at all because this is this you know while the language is a little more harsh than what you would expect, yes. this is a John Ostrander comic book straight yes, from the, ripped from the page this is this unadulterated was, this was completely from the mind of john ostrander you know by proxy yes <laughs> but they let him do it yeah they let him do and it it does it is you know if you liked the first suicide movie from david Ayer, okay there's no problem with you liking that um but it wasn't the, some highlights but it wasn't the suicide squad as you know comic fans are used to right you know yeah the characters were there but it was a more modern take because mm-hmm. you know Back in the day, there was no Harley Quinn to be in every uh, you know thing. Right. You know, you literally took a bunch of Z-list uh, you know villains who nobody cared if they lived or died, and you know you killed off half of them before the book was over. That, I guess that's what keeps it fresh. Is you don't yeah. know. It's like uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah. what keeps this fresh is that before the credits ever rolled, they have killed eight people <laughs> that are actual DC characters and most of them are played by fairly uh, if not A-list at least B-list actors so Brandon uh, we <laughs> saw the first Suicide Squad movie and um, we we all enjoyed it and then it was one of these things where the dust settled and then especially after we watched the director's cut that was like another yeah. 15 minutes long it sort of we doesn't cannot, hold up because well, it just seemed like it was a little slow in a lot of parts I'm, I'm going to say this so. do not ever refer to that as the director's cut because the director didn't have any hand in it okay it is the reason why they refer to it as the extended version is that it's like oh we had this stuff laying on the floor we're just going to put it back in it was cut for a reason yeah and we're going to make you realize that it was Mm -hmm. cut for a reason Mm -hmm. it wasn't like with you know batman versus superman where you know they cut out about an hour's worth of footage and the movie 
didn't make any sense. You put that hour back in, it's like, oh, it makes sense. Whether yeah. you like the movie or not didn't really change, but at least things you know made sense. The only things they really added back into Suicide Squad uh, in the extended cut was Harley trying to psychoanalyze people as they walked down a street for 45 minutes. Yeah, it really slowed it down. So yeah, But guess what? You don't have to worry about that here. No. Okay. It, from, from the moment they hit the... <laughs> no. the basically, from the moment they hit the ground running, they don't stop. And, and, no. and some yeah. of the characters, and of course, we haven't acknowledged our good buddy Dave Dasmalchin, who plays Polka Dot Man. Right, he did. Uh, how didn't, did he? How did he shine? Oh, in this it one? was it was awesome. You know how everybody fell in love with Zemo in Founder, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier during the dance scene. Mm-hmm. Polka oh, Dot Man has a one. very da- very reminiscent dance scene in this, and and David does. He it's wonderful. And he's just a good dude. People, if you yeah, David Asmalchin is one of Hollywood's yeah. good guys so far. David, but don't he, change. Man. But he honestly, he plays one of the most <laughs> subdued, <laughs> depressed characters he in is, all of DC existence. He is magnificence in his misery. He is, and it's he really brilliant. is. Okay, but his costume is kind of goofy. I mean, I'm it's sorry, a, da- no, polka it. dot man in the comics is even worse. You know, yeah, but, he's 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 wearing a jumpsuit. It has polka dots on it. It's not that bad of a costume. By the way, you just know? just real quick, you guys, uh, I think you remember a few years ago or whenever they announced that James Gunn was going to get Suicide Squad. I believe we predicted we said he's going to bring in polka dot man mm-hmm. yeah, i think we said yeah, because that's yeah, yeah. in his mindset that's know. that's that's well, where where you know right. that's where his brain goes right. what you didn't predict is exactly how he uses him okay yeah. and we got to be careful which with spoilers is, right which yeah. i'm just going to point out w- 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 no matter what happens to your character or where or when gun did not waste his talent no no everybody Played their role to the utmost. From and I, I, here's 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 your spoiler. From Pete Davidson as Blackguard being the first person killed off in an amazingly gory way. That's a pretty big spoiler. <laughs> it happens in it's three minutes into the movie. Spoiler light, man. Spoiler light. It's three minutes into the movie. It's it's not, it's not even remotely a surprise. Now, based on the trailers, it looked like he Actually, was in the movie quite a bit. He's, That's he's technically the second person who. Well, I can't spoil that. I hope they got yeah, rid of that. You got to be careful. Yeah. I hope they get rid of that rat-looking guy. He was you know well, hard to look at. So Weasel's right. the, Weasel's one of the best characters ever. Yeah. And Ragcatcher is is even better. Okay. Yeah. But uh, they they had a, uh, they did good. Uh, and they Idris good. Elba is Bloodsport. I, I want a Bloodsport movie. Okay, because um, he's the one that's pulling at the heartstrings, right? He's got the the daughter. Okay. First of all, everybody going in before they see this is expecting the relationship that you know Deadshot and his kid had. No. 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 This is the exact no. opposite no. kind of a relationship. Dysfunctional. This. Dysfunctional is not the right word. Unfunctional is the right word. <laughs> we let's put it this way: it puts the fun back in dysfunctional. Okay. Oh yeah. my! Oh, that, that, this, this, this is a real yeah, relationship yeah. between. And yeah. of course, I love the fact that Waller's not you know surrounded by. I mean, she's still surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Yeah. But they're actually characters you like, and not mm. like you know, like not like in the first one where it's like. She can do this. And she, it's like everybody seemed wooden around her. She's got Steve Agee, Agee who is an mm. amazing comedic actor, as like her head tech. Yes. And he's constantly asking her questions, and she gives him those looks. Yes. <laughs> so they filled it in with not – they didn't have any throwaway characters at all. The closest probably. thing they had to the throwaway character was the um, – <sighs> I would say that the, uh, the, the president of Corto Maltese. Yeah. Because he's literally there for, um, um, yeah, for you, he's literally there for eye candy, and then and he's wearing a red yeah, shirt. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, seriously. Really? Yeah. So they pulled that when maneuver. he beams in, you can look at him and go, <laughs> "You are." You could literally look at your watch and go, "You are not going to make it to yeah. scene three. There right. is, but yeah. there is a scene where I'm just going to say B Squad is going to save mm. Rick Flag mm. and John Cena and Idris Elba. You know. Ooh. Peacemaker and and, and Bloodsport mm. are they're in this competition of who yeah. is the better killer, basically. Yeah. Oh, kind of like Legolas and uh, Gimli. Yes, very much like score. that. Just, how many? How many? If, uh, if Lord of the killed? Rings was an R-rated buddy comedy, okay, that's yeah. how this scene mm. plays out. Yeah. Well, that that's what I was going to ask you, Brandon. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this is probably this is not a 
movie for your eight-year-old kid. No, yeah, no, so, no. And you even said I'd probably be a little squeamish. Well, you you don't like. Whole, right, you, I try the, to. I don't. I'm not the. You're big not a big. You're guy. not a big fan of gore. Yeah. Um. And there's some really gory scenes. Uh, it's all CGI gore, so you'll be. You know, it's it's easier to step away from it. Yeah. But it's still King Shark splatter. eats people. There's well, still some splatter. There's, there's a lot of there's splatter. There's a lot of nom nom. King Shark. I mean, when we heard but, about it, obviously we were interested in our buddy you know, Dave Das Malchin. You but know King who Shark. the villain is, though, right? Well, I don't. I don't know that I do. The villain of the, the overall villain of this movie is Starro the Conqueror, yes. giant star thing that puts starfish on your face and mentally controls you that way. Yes. Is that the one from the first Justice yes. Society yeah. yes. comic book that took out that's everybody awesome. but yeah. Batman? Yeah. Yes. Okay, because that's a famous comic book uh, cover. And 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 yeah, they went full out in the design on Starro too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty beautiful. Cool. Well, um, <laughs> you know, and the and the funny thing is, I absolutely adore the oh. entrance as announced at the counter. Oh, God. I just, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to tell people there are scenes that you need to wait for. Do not put popcorn in your mouth. You'll choke because you know it's coming. And it's going to be a punch. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I, it's, I don't know, it's getting intriguing. I, I wouldn't mind weighing in on some of these lesser-known characters. You know, we all know okay. Harley Quinn, yeah. but let's, let's look at some of the others. So we're going to continue to unpack that here on uh, Deep Tank Radio, on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break and continue our discussion about Suicide Squad 2. Tank Radio, News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. And welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbert and our buddy Maximilian behind the glass. And if you're just tuning in, we've updated you on the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, on Geek 101, on uh, on the great giveaways that are happening. And um, we want to encourage you today, too, to uh, check out the podcast after it's uh Put up on geektankradio.com because there's bonus footage, you know, and it's it's footage of me talking to my friend Crawley about the Cubs. So Is it really footage enjoy if that. it's just audio, Alan? Uh, it's not footage. It's, okay. it's a big toe. Because I really don't want to watch yeah, Joe It's basically it. towage. Well, so we're talking we Suicide go. Squad. Brandon promised a, a spoiler light discussion, and within two minutes he told us all the people that died and everything. I didn't tell but, you everybody that died. And you, so you and Alan have seen it. We have not seen it yet. But um, so guys, <laughs> and whose fault is that? Well, let me, you know, because we we have limited time. So we everybody knows Harley Quinn. Uh, no right. offense, yes. Margot, but we're gonna gloss over you because and, we want to look at some of these well, lesser known before characters. before we do move on to those lesser known characters. I do want to say that it has been. A just genuine pleasure watching her grow as Harley. Mm-hmm. With each different chapter she's played, you can see Harley growing as a character. Yeah, and it was really relevant to the storyline of this one that she has been through all the horrors of her past. Oh yeah, well, um, I mean we we have confidence yeah. in her. She's so, pretty much nailed so that she role. she nails it. Uh, of course, we've got you know returning characters. You know, well, we see, she has the ultimate breakup yeah, line. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we but we um. You know, returning characters, of course, we've got Amanda Waller, we've got Rick Flagg, we've got Captain Boomerang. You know, they're, you know, we've we've seen them before. But then, you know, you see the team that has been built. You see the team that is walking towards you in slow motion in the trailers. Mm. And you've got uh, Fluja Borg as uh, the the as Javelin. Yes. And his, you know, he carries a javelin. He throws a javelin. It's a spiritual jab. You can kind of figure that one out. You've got TDK, played by Nathan Fillion. He's the, uh, you know, the detachable kid. His arms pop off and attack things. All right, but he doesn't. Are they have... super strength? No, or are they just no, regular no they're powers? just regular arms. Well, what is it? How does he defend himself he when annoying, his arms are out? Fighting? He is annoying beyond human belief. Yeah, yeah it looks yeah. like really. Dumb, yeah, it's but... it's 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 not it's not a happy power. Okay. Um, of course, we've got uh, Weasel played mm. by Sean Gunn mm. in a mocap. Oh, and if you uh, here's the thing, Sean Gunn is also the mocap for Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. And uh, you know he's oh, he's yeah. he he and he's the uh, he's the Reaver who. 
inherited Yondu's uh, arrow. You know, arrow at the end. Sean Gunn is, of course, James Gunn's little brother, and he will be in everything that James Gunn ever does. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and actually, the little bit that he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. he really did a good job. Mm. I, I and, hope he is. And here's the thing. As much as Weasel may freak you out in the trailers, <clears throat> you can't help but fall in love with Weasel. He's hard to Everything not, about Weasel is yeah, hard. Yeah. But you it's, know, it's, it's also awful. hard to look at King Shark, which... Uh, well, I, like I wanted the, to get to King I like Shark the fact and that, I like the fact that they go... With the more visceral, non—I mean, he's intelligent, but non-intelligent version of King Shark. He's a shark. I mean, I love. Well, but yeah, we'll just go with well, King Shark uh, is a shark. Right, but well, we've but, seen we've seen multiple versions. I, I, I know we've seen King Shark, who is King Shark is a shark. We've seen King Shark as the leather daddy who dated John Constantine. Yes. We've seen King Shark as the computer tech from the Harley Quinn cartoon. But Sylvester Stallone as King Shark is. Brilliant. Wait, I didn't know it was Sylvester Stallone. It's Stallone, Stallone yeah. It yeah. Is I didn't great. know that. It is Stallone being a parody yeah. of every Stallone parody that there ever yeah. was. Yeah. It sounds like he I mean, you've really seen the part in the trailer it. where you know, he, he, he's he got his hand up, and it's like, and hands. Waller goes, Maui, what? And he goes, hand. She goes, yes, that is yeah, your, that hand. your hand. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks cool. Oh, and he I looks mean, amazing. And uh, there's a point when they're trying to infiltrate the city where he, and this clip is, it's not spoiled. This clip's been on the internet for two mm. months. And he wants to be a part of it, but they're like, you know, we're trying to be inconspicuous. You really can't do this. And he goes, Ratcatcher asks him, how how would you do this? And he goes, disguise. And she goes, what kind of disguise do you want? Fake mustache. (laughs) And so he's holding his fin up as a fake mustache. And and Bloodsport's like, that's not going to cut it, buddy. Okay, come on. I mean, and of wouldn't course, his brain actually be larger? And what shouldn't he technically be smarter? This he, is starting to sound he, a little fake. He is, but he can't. He can't communicate because he doesn't have human vocal cords. Okay, you know, he's. All right. Does he steal right. every scene he's in? Yes, of course he does. he does. Absolutely. Gun when he laid out the character started with the words, "It's a shark." Yeah. Yeah. And then he anamorphed as little as he possibly could, just enough from so that those he, words. He, 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 so he could walk. He, yeah, so basically. they could get him on camera. Right, and, and then, that's where they stop. Uh, Ratcatcher Two is, is she's oh. the she's the heartstrings character because you get a backstory with her and her father that yep. really makes you feel for villainy, actually, which okay. is really weird. Um, and then I, I got it completely. Yeah, it was it was perfect. <laughs> um, Idris Elba is Bloodsport. People, everybody's like, you mean he's not Deadshot? No, he's not Deadshot. Uh, Bloodsport was in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Yes. Yeah. He knows now. Based off now, of misinformation and a lot of bad, yeah. uh, a lot of bad rage and info. Yeah. Right. So what ha- what ends up happening here is that you know it's a character that really didn't last in comics very long. This version, uh, you know, Dubois was killed in prison by a, by a guard at Belle Reve. Yes. During a riot. So he didn't. Re- you know. So a lot of people think of. Uh, Bloodsport 2, which was more of a, this is a a, a really psycho, uh, you know, zealotous version of Azrael, which was already a zealotous character. Right. But Idris Elba pulls it off perfectly. He he's so good. Well, he he nailed. But I mean, he's. I don't think that I've ever seen Idris Elba in a bad role. Has, no. he, has he been in bad movies? Yes, but his role always stands <laughs> I was thinking out. at least two really bad movies, but I went, but he was really good in both uh-huh. of them. Yeah. yeah, He was even epic in The Office. He, he's just yeah. one of these guys. He always elevates. It's interesting. It's, he it's, is going to do the job. It's it's like, it, the reason why Hobbs and Shaw works mm. is because you got Jason Statham, which I don't know anybody who doesn't like Jason Statham. You got The Rock. I know very few people who have anything bad to say about The Rock. And you got Idris Elba as their villain. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing movie. It doesn't make any dang sense whatsoever but it's an amazing movie it doesn't movie. have to but uh, staying in I know you want to know about Peacekeeper yeah I'm, right. I'm very curious then, about Peacekeeper and not making any common sense John Cena I, mm. is is he's brilliant in this role <laughs> oh my god you can't you don't you're, you, you don't want to like, like him like a jerk you don't want to <laughs> like him at all but you're sitting there going I know people like this I hang out with people like <laughs> this he is he is alright right, like I said the only thing missing from his character is a big purple cow and a calculator I mean okay. he leans into this character so J- far he, he does so hard and the thing about Peacemaker is he is he's we, you know, we talk about Bad Batch on here, and you know, good soldiers follow orders. He's that guy. Oh yeah. Well, didn't he say something like a, a thou, if a thousand men, women, and children have to die to keep peace? It's worth it. Yes, he will. He will keep the peace by 
any death necessary. That my question though, you guys, was and does he think of himself as a villain because he's teamed no, up with all these? No, so no, that's, no, that's he the does, problem, right? He is the worst kind of villain in the fact that he is utterly committed to what he thinks. Yeah. He is the most comedic version, the biggest parody of Darth Vader you could ever have. <laughs> yeah. He is utterly devoted to to I, what he has been I do like, given. I, I do like it when they make fun of the fact that he wears a toilet seat. For yes. Yeah. I oh, mean, his just, helmet yeah. is... is it's, it's now, just now in the comics, I've been, I, I don't know the character very well, but I've been told in the comics that the, the helmet is actually talks to him. Yes. <laughs> it's like his the ghost of his father or something who is just... Terrible. The worst POS Terrible. that you could come Terrible. across. Yeah. Terrible. I don't know, man. Well, it sounds like, uh, it, and it's on uh, HBO. HBO Max or you can and go in see theaters, the theaters. Don't watch it with your young kids. Mm -mm. Absolutely. Mm -mm. So. Nope. Well, you can listen to uh, Geek Tank Radio with your young kid. We we encourage it. We, we keep it clean and uh, you know, that's PG around here. But it, uh, unfortunately, one thing we can't do is extend the time. We're out of it, you guys. So uh, and, until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Dorderson. I'm Alan Gilbert. And I am Brandon Olmstead, challenging you to be the weasel to our Suicide Squad. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Sorderson here for our online uh, interview that I'm doing with my buddy Crawley from Crawley's Clubhouse, a fellow uh, Cubs fan, uh, the mayor of the uh, Cubs convention. He's pretty well known. You guys are going to definitely want to follow his adventures. But uh, Crawley, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, I'm glad to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me on. And because uh, nobody around here in Memphis cares about my plight this week, and uh, at least, at least I, I feel like we're kindred spirits in this regard. But, but well, Crawley, are we? I mean, the big topic that I that I led into here was they got rid of Javier. The Cubs got rid of Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, and uh, Chris Bryant all within 24 hours, and my soul was crushed along with millions of other fans. But how are you feeling about this whole thing? I mean, clearly, it, it's disappointing. I mean, you, there's no other way to look at this. Is is that uh, we were we were always promised a, a, a retool, not a rebuild. So, for people that aren't aware, I mean, Chicago is the third largest market, you know. And for many years, the Cubs were laughing stock, and all of a sudden, they just turned it around. But there was a rebuild process that started in around 2011, 2012. And we were told, we were promised something. We were promised that they were going to do this one time, and then they were going to fix it, and everything was going to be great. And let's be honest, they delivered on the World Series. Absolutely. But now, yeah. you know, they traded nine players at the trade deadline. Uh, you mentioned the three. Um, you, you threw in uh, – there's also Craig Kimbrell, who yep. is uh, one of the – who is a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. Uh, Andrew Chafin, one of the best setup men. You had all the, these guys, and you just traded everybody. So – when I was told there wasn't going to be a rebuild, how what would you describe this as? You know, I as of right now, like I said, I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt, waiting to see what happens in the off season. But this sure as hell looks like a rebuild to me. I don't understand why you wouldn't find maybe one guy to try to even build around or bridge to. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So hey, Crawley, can I? So here's here's the thing. Like I say, um, you're you're in the heart of Cub territory. You're constantly interacting with fellow Cubs fans, and so. You you don't realize the desert that I'm in. I'm uh, I'm basically surrounded by uh, either White Sox fans that, that like to ridicule me, or Cardinal fans, or Braves fans that they just they laugh when I tell them how heartbroken I am about Javier Baez or anything. But let me let me give you my point of reference. Uh, so I grew up um, in this. Well, I was I started becoming a Cub fan in the '70s. And then um, in 1987, I moved to San Diego, and I I really moved. I I never moved back to Chicago. So I got out of there right before, you know, right in the middle of the whole controversy with should we put lights up and everything? Because for those that don't know, Wrigley Field didn't have lights till 1988. And so basically then um, I wound up, you know, years later I got, I had kids. I was focused on that. I didn't have cable TV, so I couldn't watch WGN. So I was just basically sort of on the outskirts. And then once my kids were grown, I feel okay about, you know, getting back into it. And so I, uh, uh, you know, get my, I get a smartphone and I'm listening to, uh, the MLB app. And it just so happens that I picked up my first smartphone in 2016 and got tuned back in. But, but Crawley, the world changed quite a bit for me between 1987 and 2016. And I still feel like I don't fully understand things. So, um, 
the Cubs are just like you said, they're not a laughing stock anymore. They're they're expected to perform. Right. And, and and other things that have happened, you know, since the Ricketts have bought the team, they've bought up a lot of property around the surrounding neighborhood. So they own rooftops. Um, they own a hotel, a huge hotel right directly across the street from the park. They own buildings with bars and restaurants and this and that. They've also invested in a uh, network. You talked about WGM Superstation, which has allowed a lot of people to, uh, you know, around the, the, the country to be Cub fans. And, uh, you know, now they have their network. So, I mean, a lot of their businesses depend on the Cubs being good. It, it, it's not they, they don't just own a team anymore. It's a lot more complex than that. So I, that's why, you know, this was such a, a shocking move. You know, I think everybody thought that at least one player wasn't going to be resigned, possibly two, but all three that, that just didn't, like I said, who's, who's going to really watch next year when you, you know, Rafael Ortega's leading off and Ian Happ is batting third. I mean, right now, you know, they, they, they got a, you know, just names that you've never heard of. And I, and I follow the minors pretty good. A lot of these guys, like I said, you know, uh, but some of these guys, the average fan has never heard of, and they're they're not that great. Yeah. Well. So what do you what What's the general vibe? Were you there? Uh, where were you uh, on that Friday? Are we calling this like Black Friday, or what are we calling the trade off? That you know, we, we there's <laughs> a lot of a lot of questions about it. But I I actually was at a, a convention. I know you and your your fellow co-hosts go to a lot of conventions. I was at a uh, the national convention, which is the biggest. Uh, sports memorabilia collect uh, uh, convention, and it was in Chicago. So I was out getting some autographs, some Sandberg and Dawson autographs. You know, so I had my phone with me, and I'm watching everything. And, you know, the day before, I was at the game. So I was at the game on Thursday, and Rizzo and Bryant were both out of the lineup, and everyone's just going, oh, Jesus, that's just, yeah. you know, that's not a good sign right there. You know what I mean? They clearly aren't playing these guys so they don't get injured. Right. And so we were just everyone that was there was just hoping for one more at bat. Let us send these guys out the right way, you know what I mean, and just say goodbye to them in in that regard. And it never, you know, they never came out. They never got to pinch hit. They never anything. They just sat on the bench. And then right after, you know, I'm on my way home from the game, and that's when the news about Rizzo broke. So that was on Thursday. So I mean, we were all just, you know, Rizzo. Rizzo was the guy that, you know, he, he caught, you know, 2012, 2013, he, he, he was the longest tenured Cubs. And, uh, you know, he was the one that kind of was the bridge yeah. from, from those hundred loss rebuild teams to the, to catching the final out of the world series. And so that was really hard because, you know, if you don't know who Anthony Rizzo is, you know, just great first baseman, great ball player, but you know, he, he's a cancer survivor and he did a ton of stuff in, in the surrounding Chicagoland area, especially with Lurie's Children's Hospital, helping kids with cancer, visiting kids with cancer, donating money and experiences to kids with cancer. So it was just a, it was a real gut punch. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Tapera also happened on Thursday. But then Friday is when the Kimbrel, uh, you had Kimbrel, Baez, Bryant, even Jake Marisnik, all these guys just going. And then to top it off, the Cardinals got John Lester. So that was just the extra oh, kick was, in the gut on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was a knife twist. But but so, you know, uh, Crawley, I want to hit on something because people have said this. I, I don't even think it's debatable. Wrigley Field is probably the finest sports, you could say, arena complex. It's the biggest sports location at least in America, it is the, it has the most mystique, but it also has poetry and legend and superstition, and it's it's an institution that's built on human emotion. And basically, when we when they you know so unceremoniously got rid of Anthony Rizzo, well, and Javi and Chris Bryant, but especially Rizzo in the way they did, to me that was not the ending. I mean, it's going to come back to haunt us. To me, that's kind of like uh, the curse of the goat again. It's like that is, that does not fit with the poetry of Wrigley Field, in my mind. You know, I mean, a lot of people kind of like, you know, talked about the curses and, and all that stuff. But there was just a lot of a lot of bad decision making that went into that hundred year drought. So, you know, whether whether you want to believe in that stuff or not, I don't know. It's just I'm more concerned from the business standpoint that. You know, if, if, if you know, let, whoever the next big free agent is, are you going to want to sign in Chicago, seeing that that's how you treated somebody 
that gave so much to the organization? Is that going to make you want to sign there? So, like I said, the Black Cat and the Billy Goat, that, that makes for a lot of fun for a lot of people and, and, and great storytelling and documentaries and all that stuff about the Cubs' futility. But in reality, if you take a look, there was just so many mistakes they made from a business standpoint, whether you're talking about the College of Coaches or trading Lou Brock or, or just a whole series of messes that they made for many, many years. So from a business standpoint and from a, you know, from a baseball standpoint, that's my concern is these guys talk, players talk, you know. And so when you sit there and you treat players like that, that should mean more to the organization – I mean, that may, be, so that may tip some, you know, a, a good prospective free agent one way or another. You know, free agents are going to get their money no matter what. You know, there's other aspects that come along with that, like how an organization treats people, what the facilities are like. You know, and the Cubs have, you know, did so much to build up so much goodwill uh, since 2010. It just seems ridiculous that they would just kind of flush it as quickly as they've done it. Yeah, that and that's that's kind of how I felt. That's why I just thought um, surely one of these three are going to stay, or there's just something there's something we're not being told. I don't I don't know. And even if they were to re-sign a couple, which I don't know, man. That I don't even know if that's realistic to to think that they they might bring any of them back. But um, uh, to me, I, I just don't think that's smart business. Like I said, I think part of the business of baseball is built on emotion. So. Uh, I I guess we will see. I'm I'm just wondering though, Crawley. Like you said, when I went back to Wrigley Field after having been away for like 25 years, I didn't recognize the place at all. I recognized the inside, but there's this big scoreboard. Uh, the the uh, Steve Bartman seat was gone. That's <laughs> I wanted to take a picture there, but the the uh, Gallagher way. There was a lot of modern stuff that it, it's nice and it's a good thing for families. But partly, I thought eh, it's a little. I don't know what it it's. Like I feel like they better slow down. I don't want to lose all of Wrigley. I want to keep it, you know, maintain the integrity of it. But I just wonder what what going forward it's going to look like when you built this big empire on the fact that the Cubs are champions with these larger than life figures. Yeah, that, that's a question that nobody can really answer. And so you know, because they've you know Gallagher way what you're talking about. Um, and, and, and I will be the first to say the Rickets did a wonderful job renovating the ballpark because, I mean, let's be honest, there was a lot of mystique, but the, the place was falling apart Yeah. and not, not having a lot of modern amenities. And what they did is they actually restored it to its glory of the 30s and 40s. So, like, in the 1970s, like, the outside was replaced with this, like, ugly stamp concrete. Now they got, like, terracotta, and, and, and they really redid it much to its glory of what it was Back when, like I said, in the 30s and 40s, when it was at its when it was at its glory, right there of, of what you think Wrigley should look like, it looks just a lot better. But I don't know. Part of the fun of being a Cubs fan was saying I was there when it happened. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was, and and so that's kind of gone. That chip, you know what I mean? That that you could say like, you know, there's all you know, because people are like, yeah, I already saw World Series. You know what I mean? Like I did that. You know, so I just don't know exactly how fans are going to react to this. I can tell you that season ticket holders right now are, were taking a bath to begin with this year. They were losing a lot of money on the secondary market. And now with everybody gone, I mean, how many people are going to want to pay the Wrigley, the average Wrigley ticket. And the, and the, when you talk about the combined experience, parking a dog and a beer and ticket, Wrigley has the highest prices. Okay? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, when you talk about going to see Rizzo or Baez or Bryant, Every time you went to see one of those guys that made up that core, you you know, maybe they would win, maybe they would lose, but you always had the feeling you were going to see something special, maybe something you never saw before. And that's gone now. You, how are you going to sell a ticket? I think this weekend, uh, this weekend coming up, they're coming home for the first time this weekend, Friday through Sunday against the White Sox. How are you going to try to sell a $120 ticket just for the ticket, not the parking, not the beer, not the hot dog. How are you going to sell a $120 ticket when you when you have Frank Schwindel playing first base, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not something that everybody's going to be jumping out of their seat to do. The Cubs are going to lose a lot of games from here until September when the season ends. The end of September, uh, how many people want to pay top dollar to see a Triple A team lose? Well, that that's that's what I mean, and I feel like uh, it's a snowball effect too, Crawley, because it's not just the. Uh, it's not just the tickets, it's the merchandise. How many jerseys are they going to sell? How many? I know they do licensing, but still, that's a, you know, 
bragging rights and everything. But uh, yeah, how many, you know, how many souvenirs are they going to sell in the souvenir stands and everything too? So it's just, and, and uh, I, I don't know, man, like I'm, I'm trying to come to acceptance. I am glad that they kept Wilson Contreras. Are you basically seeing him as the captain of the team now? Is, is there any, anything official? Cause in my mind, that's what he, that's the role he's taken on. There, there's never been an official captain since Sammy Sosa. They decided to do away with that. So there's no official captain. Um, I mean, obviously, he's one of the leaders in the clubhouse. You could argue that Jason Hayward, Jake Arrieta can also be considered leaders of the clubhouse. But, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I really can't say what, you know, what that leadership role looks like right now. And so there's a lot of questions. The Cubs, you know, the Ricketts and the Cubs have spent a lot of money over the last, uh, 10, 10, 12 years. Uh, but the, then all of a sudden around like 2019, the spending stopped and the payroll went up, but that was because of arbitration. These younger players, uh, you know, are, are, were arbitration eligible, meaning they would, they had a right to get more money off of their contracts, but they haven't signed a position player to a multi-year deal since Daniel Descalso in 2019. So, you know, it's, it, you're looking at these situations and you're, you know, they, you know, they're going to, they said they're going to spend, in the off season, the, the, their books are going to be pretty much cleared of any money. The only money really left is going to be the Jason Hayward contract. Even Wilson doesn't make all that much because he's in his, you know, his first contract. But um, Wilson's a free agent at the end of next season, so you got to see what you have to do there. But as far as free agency, the, the the big question looming over all of baseball is the collective bargaining agreement, which ends in this December coming up. And so there's a lot of bad blood between ownership and the players union. And so I don't know what's going to happen and when they're going to come to a deal and how long that's going to take. And if it, if it spills into spring training or the regular season. And so nobody's going to spend money until they, for the most part, until they know in the off season, until they know what the rules are regarding this new collective bargaining agreement. So it's just, it's a big mess right now. And there just doesn't seem to be a good out. You're looking for like an out and and it's hard to find one right now where this turns into a positive. Well, Hey, uh, Crawley. So I want to skip ahead a few, a few months from now and, and, and look at something that you're sort of an expert in. And it's the, uh, it's something our listeners will relate to the most. And that's the Cubs convention, which takes place every January. Um, it, uh, where's it, where's it at this year? Crawley, is it still at the, uh, Every year it's at the Sheridan. It was uh, it was at the it was at the Hilton for many 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 years uh, on Michigan Avenue, and then when the Ricketts had a partnership with the Sheridan, it moved to the Sheridan. I want to say like 2013. Okay, yeah. So so folks, uh, if you've been to any, you know, hopefully you've been to the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, no, uh, which by the way will be November 12th through 14th. Shameless plug. Go to Memphis CFC to learn more about that. But Crawley, so you know, uh, we've got the we've got the Cubs convention, which looks a, a heck of a lot like the conventions I go to uh, for for superheroes and science fiction and everything. However, one difference. At the conventions I go to, the celebrity guests are pretty much treated like gold. Well, we I was at the Cubs convention in uh, 2020, at the beginning of 2020, when Tom Ricketts got on stage, and, and it w- he was mostly well-received. However, when he started talking about the Marquee Network, they actually booed him. So you don't know what you might get if you're a guest at the, at the Cubs convention. What is it going to look like this year, man? So I don't if – I'm, if I'm a gambling man, I don't see there being a convention this year. Uh, are they going to use the uh, COVID as an umbrella? You think, or, uh, or is that? I mean, well, I don't know what what the, I don't know what the CDC is saying up there as far as gatherings. But you know, I mean, they're filling up the ballparks, so they're filling up the ballparks. We just had Lollapalooza, which was a huge event, but it, that also was highly criticized. You had hundreds of thousands of people at Lollapalooza, um, which is a big, a huge concert event that happens at Grant Park, but. Um, I just see with here, here's the thing is that what people understand is the Cub Convention just requires a lot of advanced planning. Okay, you're booking, you know, about a hundred guests. You're going to have hotel, airfare. You have to get commitment from these players to fly in from all over the place, and so it's one of those things that it's a lot of work. And if there's a chance that it's going to be canceled, it, it, it's it's really. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. And so I just, I've talked to people and from what I'm hearing, it just, nothing's done. And, and it's just not something you get done, like say in a couple months, like this is something like they start 
planning and start kind of outlining it like a month after the, the, the previous convention. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I so, plan a convention, Crawley. You don't, you're preaching to the <laughs> choir, man. Yep. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't see how they would put the time, the energy, and the resources in something that, potential, that has a strong possibility of not happening. Uh, you know about the Delta variant. I heard you talk about it on your last show and, and the concerns about that. There's the Lambda variant that we've heard about. And then, like, so, and then the tradition, you know, the weird thing about the spike, the numbers going up all over the place, is that it's happening during the warm summer months when this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. So, when you talk about Illinois, like, we, we you know, once we get to like November, December, January, like when, when Cub Convention in January, I mean, that's, you're in the heart of flu season normally. And so that's when numbers last year took a huge spike up. And so I just, I find it hard to, I, from what I'm hearing, it, it, it probably, like I would say there's probably a 75% chance it's not going to happen, about a 25% chance that they pull it off. Yeah. And if they do, if they do pull it off, it, it's not going to look anything like what we had seen previously. Well, and, and in fairness, folks, uh, if you if you follow Crawley's adventures, uh, you can find sound bites of him. You can follow. Uh, we'll, we'll give your all your we'll we'll pimp your stuff in a second, Crawley. But uh, I will give you this. You will ask the tough questions. You're not just some cheerleader for the team that just, you know, drinks the Kool-Aid. I've heard questions where you've you've called out the owners and you've called out management about decisions that you thought you know, were mistakes and, and, uh, you've done it respectfully, but pretty courageously, man, I got to give you a hats off on that. Well, you know, it's almost like a, think about it like a shareholder meeting. You know what I mean? It's like, you have an opportunity to ask the important questions. And, and so that's what, why not take that? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't really care what the, what Anthony Rizzo would have been if he wasn't a baseball player. There's certain <laughs> things that I would like to you know learn about just in general. So that, that's your time to really kind of ask, and I'm a season ticket holder, so I'm, I feel like a shareholder because it's my money that we're using. You know what I mean? We're we're the ones that the season ticket holders are the ones that have kind of stuck through thick and thin. You know, if you're just no, no offense to anybody, but if you're just a, you know just maybe you get two or three games a year. You know what I mean? I'm the one that's you know if, if the Cubs suck next year, you're probably not going to buy a ticket or maybe you go to one game. I'm the one that's buying 81 damn games and kind of helping keep this thing afloat. So if something's not going right or if there's a question that I have then they know I'm going to ask it. And so, like I said, like you said, I try to be as respectful as I can. It's not going to yell, and it's not meatballish stuff. It's, it's, it's trying to ask some legitimate questions, and, 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 and it's very hard because you have to kind of work on this question and phrase it because these guys are like politicians. They find a way to answer a question without really answering the question. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure that your question is kind of really locked in there so that there's no out for them. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, Crawley, with that in mind, uh, I also want to how do people follow because you, you're up to a lot of stuff. I've seen footage of you on NBC Sports and some other things. But what's the best way for people to stay in tune with all the because uh, I like your content that you put out, man. Like you said, you're not a hothead. You're not just, a, you know, throwing slings and arrows. You're kind of giving us some pretty good Cubs content. So how do people get in on that? Yeah, if you go to Twitter, it's at Crawley's Cubs. Uh, C-R-A-W-L-Y-S Cubs on Facebook, Crawley's Clubhouse, same with Instagram and same with YouTube and pretty much everything else. We have a podcast called Sun Ranto, the Sun Ranto show that we do. And it kind of, it, it's, a, uh, so you can find that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, anything, like if you just Google Crawley, you'll start bumping into me here and there and everywhere. So Crawley and Cubs, you'll, you'll find me. So it's, it's fun, but this, this has not been fun recently. So like I said, hopefully, you know, there are certain things that we're going to be looking at in the future. You, you got Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson who are getting stretched out in Iowa, a couple of young pitchers, and the farm system looks a lot better. It just feels like it just didn't have to go this complete uh, of a direction as, as it's taken. Yeah, it feels a lot like that movie Moneyball. That's what I'm <laughs> – because before, like I told you, I was tuned out for a while because I was busy raising a family, and when I came back – Everything had changed, and when I watch that movie Moneyball, I really feel like uh, there's just so many factors that are that go into today's game that I'm still playing catch up with, man. But uh, well, you uh, when you, when you talk with Moneyball, I mean it, it, it's it's I get what you're saying. The issue with Moneyball though is that um, uh, is that that was they're talking about the Oakland A's who are a small market team. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So they don't have the resources. They don't have the TV dollars. They don't have the revenue streams that the Cubs do. So, yeah, I understand if you're Tampa Bay or if you're the Oakland A's, 
then you do have to kind of try to find any which advantage that you can because it's hard to compete with the financial resources of the Cubs or the Yankees or the Red Sox. So that makes sense. At the same time, the Cubs have that, so they shouldn't have to rely on doing the same thing that the A's uh, or the, uh, or the uh, Kansas City Royals or something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, because, I, I mean – Anyway, I, I guess it's just the analytics, all of it. But, but Carly, we don't want to be uh, negative. So before we get out of here, what what gives you hope for the uh, for the future of the Cubs, man? Um, I believe that the guy who's in charge of the Cubs draft, Dan Kantrovitz, has done an excellent job. Um, so that changed last year was his first draft. This is the second draft. So a lot of draft picks. And, and then the Cubs did trade away talent, and so you're going to get something in return. So they have a lot of high – ceiling type guys, but those are the ones that kind of get you scared because those are those are the gambles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to be great. Maybe they're going to be nothing. Um, there, there's some players in the system that the Cubs have right now. Brennan Davis was just named the um, minor league player of the month for the Cubs. Uh, you have guys like uh, Cole Franklin uh, pitchers. You have, you have a lot of interesting young guys. So we've, when, when the Cubs were rebuilding and sucking from 2011 to 2014, Everybody to major club. We were all waiting for the Bryants and the Solaires and the Biases to make to come up and make their de- debuts. But since the Cubs have been, you know, in the postseason, uh, what five out of the last six seasons, uh, nobody's really kind of paid attention to the minors as much because you know you're watching the big team. Um, but but there are some interesting names. I know you're you're down there. Uh, the Tennessee Smokies. Uh, they're they're going to have some really good players there that people can check out. They're moving a lot of people right now because yeah. of this influx of players. But, you know, if you, if any of your listeners have a shot to get over to Tennessee uh, to where the Smokies play, uh, that'd be something interesting to kind of check out because there's going to be some young talent coming through there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – I t- this is sort of a side thing, but I got to meet Ben Zobrist at uh, when he came through Memphis uh, they, when he was on his rehab assignment back in 2019. And I made it by one day because he was only – the next day he got called back in and uh, what a what a great guy! And and you know, uh, it's you never know who you might meet either. They're, they may be you know, Jake, wasn't Jake Arrieta on a rehab? No, I guess well not recently, but you know, you know what I mean. You'll meet you'll meet some uh, major leaguers and some future you know future players. So, right, right, yeah, yeah. These guys go in there for their rehab. Yeah, Jake was there, um, and definitely yeah, I remember Zobris being down there, and they're just great guys. And uh, yeah, like I said, for me, it, it's. That's why I like to go to spring training is not to see the guys. I already know, you know, I always knew what Rizzo and, and, and Bryant and Baez were going to do. I was looking for the next kind of talent that you could maybe spot somewhere. So that's the fun thing about going to a minor league game, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper than being at Wrigley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, hey, speaking of that, Crawley, I think I'm going to be there in September. So are you pretty much going to be at most of the games the rest of the season? Uh, I think we're I going usually try to you... – oh, so... I usually try to – I'm sorry. I usually try to hit about one game a homestand at least minimum. So okay, I'll kind of keep keep doing that. I'm going to the game this Sunday against the White Sox. I think it's nationally televised, so that's going to be great. Oh, fun! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can watch Kimbrel shut the guys down at the end. But well, and a big shout out to our buddy Stu McVicker, owner of Club 400. Uh, I think we're we're meeting up with him. He's got his event coming up. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything, Crawley, so I'm not gonna. But uh, not, it, not not yet. <laughs> okay, but it's coming up in the near future, and I'm hoping to finally get my first tour of Club 400. So uh, I'm I'm guessing you'll be there, right? That's your stomping. Oh yeah, around. absolutely. Yeah, Stu's Stu's a good friend, and I try to go. I make all the events, so uh, that's going to be on Friday, September 10th, and uh, that's kind of hope where we're hoping for our comeback. It's been a weird year where you know it's it's been basically you know shut down, and that's tough because we do a lot of stuff. Raising more, you know, Stu does so much to raise money for charity for people that need it, and it just sucks that you know he he gives the gift of sharing what he built with everybody, and 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 so Club Four Hundred. Imagine owning like imagine owning Disney World, and you're the only one in the park. Right. You know what I mean? It'll be a fun for a couple of days, but that, you know what makes Club Four Hundred are the people. Oh yeah, Stu's a saint, man. That guy. We've had him on the show before too, but yeah, you're right. He's uh he's got the coolest uh, Cubs man cave in the world, and he doesn't keep it to himself. He throws parties that have raised, gosh, close to half a million dollars now, and uh, his goal is to get to a million and, and beyond. And he's uh I can't wait. It's a it's a pretty awesome event too. You you get to meet Cubs players and folks. Google uh go get on YouTube. Look up Stu McVicker. S T U M C V I C A R. 
and also go to Netflix, you'll see a uh, uh, it's uh, what was it? It's called Amazing Interiors. I think he's on like the first episode, but he's he's featured on that. Just a, just a good dude, good family man, uh, a lot of fun. So I can't wait to get up there and party with Stu. Yeah, and we'll have a drink or two ourselves, all right? Absolutely. Well, Crawley, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, nobody down here cared about my plight, so uh, it's it's good to have a kindred spirit, man. But uh... <laughs> like, hopefully, we'll be we'll we'll be back on top sooner rather than later. Absolutely. So, one more time before you get out of here, how do people follow uh, Crawley's adventures, man? At Crawley's Cubs on Twitter, Crawley's Clubhouse on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also look up the Sun Ranto Show on app on iTunes. Absolutely, and by the way, uh, Pat Hughes, if you're listening, we love you. You are you are a <laughs> icon, the coolest guy, uh, really the coolest celebrity I've ever met. And Crawley, you sell his T-shirts. We better plug that before we get out of here. Tell us yeah, that. Yeah, you go to my website. Um, has all of Pat's famous things. www.crawleysclubhouse.com. Absolutely. So, all right, Crawley, take care, my friend. I hope to see you next month, man. Absolutely, Joe. You take care.